Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. It's Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle, and I'm Lorenzo Marasso. So my guest today is conductor Anna Edwards, whose career as a violinist, educator, and symphony conductor has been inspired by her commitment to core values of high-quality musical performance, development of musicians, and composers through music education and community engagement. Anna is a passionate advocate for the music of underrepresented composers on the concert stage, and currently she balances her time between conducting in the Pacific Northwest, serving as a guest conductor across the country, and developing young musicians through instruction and collaboration with professionals in concert settings. The 2021 season marks the ninth season for uh, Anna as music director of the Seattle Collaborative Orchestra, the seventh season as music director of the Saratoga Orchestra, and the fourth season as music director of the Pacific Northwest Conducting Institute. Um, Anna continues to follow her commitment to program innovative music, which balances traditional classical music with music by women, people of color, and Northwest artists. Commissioned premieres include works by Victoria Bond, Tim Hewling, Angelique Potea, Liana Primiani, Julian Garview, Brandon McMullen, David Lean, and Andy Clausen. And Anna additionally offers lectures concerning music, gender, and leadership to up-and-coming musicians and community leaders in public school, community businesses, colleges, and universities. Anna's dedication to quality musical performance started with her early career as a professional violinist, performing with prestigious ensembles such as the Pacific Northwest Ballet, the Northwest Sinfonietta, Auburn Symphony, and multiple Seattle area chamber ensembles. As she has turned her career towards conducting, uh, Edwards has attended numerous festivals and workshops with mentors such as Ludovic Morlot, uh, Michael Jimbo, Diane Whitry, Neil Thompson, and Gustav Meyer. And Anna received a doctoral, a DMA, Doctoral Musical Arts degree in orchestral conducting from the University of Washington and holds also a Bachelor of Music Education and Master's in Violin Performance. And uh, I just would like to quote that you won numerous prizes for your conducting. And there's an interesting quote in the American Prize uh, website or magazine. I'm not so sure, but maybe we can talk about that later. And uh, who outlines that in SEO's performance of Jennifer Hingdon's Concerto for Orchestra, American Prize describes Anna Edwards conducting as strong and committed and always in the moment, showing clarity of beat, intensity and focus, 
The conductor's face is alive to each musical gesture and nuance. So, with that said, welcome, Anna. It's great to have you on my radio program. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. That was a nice introduction. (laughs) Thank you.
This is Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle, and I'm your host, Lorenzo Marasso. My guest today is Seattle-based conductor Anna Edwards. And you have just listened to the Sinfonietta No. 1 for Strings, a work composed in 1953 by African-American composer Coleridge Taylor Perkinson, performed here by the Seattle Collaborative Orchestra under the direction of our guest, Anna Edwards. At what point in your career did you feel that conducting was going to be your call and that's what you wanted to do? You know, I, I, that's a great question. Um, I've always kind of conducted in my my uh, professional life. You know, I, I taught, so I obviously conducted with students. Um, I was uh, very engaged with um, conducting, you know, middle school and high school kids when, when I was teaching and um, certainly conducted with the youth symphony when I've worked with various youth symphonies uh, along my career. So I've always wanted to uh, be better at what I did, um, you know, as far as is trying to bring the music out the very best in, in whoever uh, the other musicians were in the room. And so I guess for me, the bug of conducting started when I was probably in my 20s. And then I got very interested in, into it in my 30s. And then in my 40s was when I, I, I deep dived into the career. Do probably a silly question. Do you have a favorite conductor that perhaps inspired you? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'll tell you a couple of stories. The first thing was is that um, I think that maybe when I was in high school was when I knew that I wanted to be something like a conductor. And when I say that, the reason why is I, I lived in Texas. I, I lived in Amarillo at the time, and I, I was uh, in Allstate. And uh, the very first person that I ever knew that was a female conductor was a Maria Tanitska and she conducted the Texas Allstate and um, she was what I wanted to be when I grew up and it was funny for me because I remember to this day she jumped up onto the the podium and she was wearing a green velvet tuxedo she had short blonde hair, and she looked like a million bucks. And I tell you, I just thought she was the coolest human being on the planet. And so I think at that time, that was when that that inkling of what, what may, might be came into to my view. The seed was planted. It was definitely planted. <laughs> and then from then on, I mean, did you, uh, you have a DMA in conducting, so you... I mean, you pursue it at a very high professional level. And then uh, at, at what point did you decide that the violin was probably could could have, I mean, do you still play the violin? Do you still engage with with musical performance or? I, I do. Um, I, I stopped playing professionally probably seven years ago, okay. just because it was too much for me to continue doing both. But um, I still play and um, I'm trying to keep my chops up uh, <laughs> to a certain extent. There's another quote, an interesting quote in your website, uh, which uh, relates to your mission. And it says, my mission is to encourage and promote musical diversity at the highest level to professional, educational and collaborative music organizations. So I'm interested a little bit in discussing this mission that you have. And perhaps if you could dive a little bit in, and I'm, I'm also curious in understanding the artistic and musical quality that this diversity brings to the table and what in particular moves you in picking a certain work to be programmed with, with your orchestras. 
I love these questions, and and there are a couple of things. Um, there are a lot of questions there, so I'm going to start with <laughs> Everybody my. Everybody says that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I love the question, and um, so I'm going to start with a story of who I consider to be my musical muse. Um, I have a student who. Um, I, I, I was in education for quite a long time, so I taught high school um, at Roosevelt High School for 18 years. And while I was there, I had amazing musicians, and many of them have gone to the best conservatories, you know, are playing in the best orchestras all over the country. And when I was there, I had one student who has made uh, me change the way that I look at life. And um, this gal was uh, came into my class one, one day uh, as a ninth grader. She was an African-American young woman. And um, she dragged her cello across the room, and I almost had a fit. And um, so anyway, I gave her the worst cello that I had. Because uh, it was like, if you're not going to take care of this, I'm not going to give you a good cello. And so anyway, during that year, she really got into playing the cello. She wanted to be good. She was a tricky kid, but um, she really wanted to play well. So she uh, asked me to help her get some uh, cello lessons. And I, you know, of course, I gave her names of people and um, and I didn't quite understand why she was not getting lessons because I didn't understand her background. So then the following year, she came and pretty much every day she would come to me after school for help. And she continued to ask me for lessons. And we got to know each other a little bit better. And as I got to know her, I found out that um, not only was she, uh, she didn't really, she, she was she was living with her, her um, sibling uh, and it took her two hours to ride a bus to school every day. And the reason why is because uh, her uh, she happened to have a parent that was having some difficulties, uh, some challenging um, challenges, and uh, she was not able to be at home. Mm -hmm. And so she she had to be uh, living with her sister. She took the bus to and from school every day. And I realized that she was not in the financial position to be a able to take lessons. So um, I decided at that time that um, I was going to make sure that she got lessons. Yeah. And so I made sure that she got lessons with one of the best teachers in town and um, which she took lessons from her, her, her uh, last two years in high school. And so during that time, this student went from a tricky student into a fabulous cellist. Excellent. And she had two years to do this, and she uh, ended up, with her teacher's help, uh, took a gap year after high school, and then got into the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. Okay. And she is a brilliant cellist now. And one of the, the, the reasons why I tell you this is because... You know, we talk about in our musical world, we talk about we want diversity, we want change, we want this, we want that. But if we don't go in and help students who show an interest and an excitement, uh, if we don't go in and make sure that they have this possibility at a younger age, we will never have the diversity. 
yeah. that we we talk about all the yeah. time. Yeah. And so it is my belief that um, if we uh, show young people that um, musicians can look like them, composers can look like them, fabulous uh, soloists can look like them, orchestral musicians can look like them. Um, you know, if we show that at a young age and we get that excitement, not every single kid needs to grow up and be a professional musician, mm-hmm. but boy, wouldn't it be great if we could bring a lot of these students up, um, you know, to where that they were interested in it. So that is kind of where my excitement and my belief in, uh, you know, in, first of all, making sure students have the opportunity to be able to have great lessons with an artist teacher, not just a teacher, but someone who really knows how to to teach well from the very beginning. Because, you know, I I think about this because, um, you know, as you know, many students, they, you know, if they're a violinist or a pianist or a cellist, they start, you know, basically when they're two, you know, and, you know, they've had this whole culture. And, you know, this student um, that I had, she didn't have the opportunity to have that that upbringing where memorization was part of the plan. You know, you learn how to memorize from a young age. You don't just like all of a sudden learn how to do that. And so for her, that kind of uh, uh, learning came later. And so for her, it was so important to have that strong uh, educational component from the very beginning that she started. Yeah. And so anyway, that that's kind of my muse. So I tell you that because that's where I get into my mm-hmm. uh, diversity business. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in it because I want to see how I can make a difference in my own little community mm-hmm. um, in, in trying to make change, especially for young people, because that's where it is most important. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I love, uh, you know, conducting, teaching, conducting yeah. is because, you know, it's not so much. I mean, I love teaching professional conductors, but, you know, what I love is watching uh, teaching people who are uh, are working with the younger people so they can really develop their musicians in their classes classes to be uh, better musicians and you know be more excited about music as a whole
This is Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle, and I'm your host, Lorenzo Morasso. My guest today is Seattle-based conductor Anna Edwards. And you have just listened to a piece titled Inner Demons, a work composed in 2005 by American composer Stacy Garrop, performed here by the Seattle Collaborative Orchestra under the direction of our guest, Anna Edwards. But you also have another aspect that I learned. In your website, I noticed that you compiled a long list of composers that fell through the cracks of history or they're not yet, you know, being performed very much. So you also have an interest in, in bringing silent voices, let's call them, into, into the game. Do you have anybody in particular that you would say that their music really, that I really like to conduct? You know, it's funny because... Um... I've just enjoyed so much getting to know people who I had never heard of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, some of the people uh, that I can tell you uh, immediately, uh, Fanny Mendelssohn, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I did her overture. I loved that piece. Uh, Mariana Martinez, who is a, a colleague of Mozart's, um, wrote some brilliant music. Uh, I enjoy her music. Um, Louise Ferranc is probably one of my most favorite composers. Um, I love almost everything that she's written. Uh, that I Well, I love everything that I have performed. The Third Symphony, I'm, I'm planning on doing her first and second overtures in the next year. And um, her first and second symphonies are brilliant. Uh, she wrote fabulous, you know, piano uh, quintets, lots of great chamber music. There are so many people that that have have lived. We hear so much about other people during these times, and I just um, am always surprised that other people are not recognized. Uh, Lily mm -hmm. Boulanger, she's another person. Yeah. You know, of course, her sister was so well known as a wonderful teacher, and she was. She was the greatest teacher, I think, probably in musical history. Um, but Lily, I, I didn't even know about Lily yeah. until a few years ago, and um, really enjoyed uh, learning about her pieces, we played a couple of her pieces, and she died at a very young yeah. age, at age 23. I'm always excited about hearing these people whose voices were not heard, and I always wonder why. Yeah. Because when I think about these people that I just mentioned, th I believe their pieces are fabulous. They're yeah. really good um, pieces. Now, are they the best pieces I've ever played? Well, maybe some of them are, maybe some of them aren't, but they're certainly pieces that I think should be played. And, um, and I find them very fascinating. And there's something about being able to play a piece that was not recognized, especially, you know, of course I'm a female and I identify as she, her. And so, you know, I think about women and the way that, that they wrote, and maybe they did write a little bit differently than their counterparts at the same time. They didn't have the same training. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they brought uh, their own identity to the music, which actually I feel very compelled towards. And so I don't know if they necessarily did um, anything specifically different than their male counterparts, but sometimes I wonder if they wrote differently because of their experience. And I get that experience. It makes sense to me.
This is Dress Rehearsal on KBFG Seattle, and I'm your host, Lorenzo Morasso. My guest today is Seattle-based conductor Anna Edwards. And you have just listened to the Gaelic Symphony, Opus 32, a work written in 1896 by American composer Amy Beach, performed here by the Seattle Collaborative Orchestra under the direction of our guest, Anna Edwards. So you, you mentioned also th- that you train conductors and you teach. Um, uh, I know that um, every year you participate in a workshop here in Whitby Highland with Diane Wheatry. So I wonder if you want to just talk about the, the aspect of teaching conducting. Sure. You know, I guess one of the things that I would say is teaching conducting is... Uh, I find fascinating and it's been really fun for me because the way that I have approached conducting um, has been interesting. When I first went in to work on my doctorate, I didn't have any female mentors at all. You know, I had had my high school person that I had seen, you know, years ago. But other than that, I didn't know anyone. I knew no other female conductors. And so, when I was doing my uh, dissertation, which I chose to be about gender and symphonic conducting, I, I contacted different people. So I contacted Joanne Folletta, I contacted uh, Diane Wittry, and another gal, uh, Kate Tamarkin. And so those were three people that I, I talked to about um, what, it, first of all, you know, their takes on what it was like to be female and be mm-hmm. conducting. And, um, and I was interested in different traits and how we were taught and, uh, some of the, the frustrations that I had had, you know, going through, um, uh, programs, you know, and being many, many times the only female in the room. And so, um, some of the things that I, I felt that, uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak about Diane in particular. Diane was great because she talked about uh, different ways of technique um, in, in ways where you teach your body how to do certain movements. And, um, and, you know, she felt like, uh, she feels like that if you don't teach your body how to do certain movements, how can you be expected to do things, you know, in front of the, the orchestra, your body doesn't just all of a sudden decide to become, you know, a fabulous conductor, Mm -hmm. you have to train yourself. Yes, you have to learn the music, but you also have to learn how to move your body. Um, when I talked with Kate Tamarkin, one of the things that she told me, um, which just was like life changing for me, was uh, she described how men and women were different uh, physically. Mm-hmm. And she did it in the way of a triangle. So she talked about how men. And their bodies are kind of shaped where the flat side of the triangle is on top, which means that their strength comes from their shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. And women, it's opposite. So women, it's where the flat part of the triangle is at their hips. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times women, their strengths is it is lower down and for me that was a huge kind of eye-opening moment right Mm -hmm. because when i started bringing my arms down all of a sudden i uh felt much more comfortable i felt much more uh where i had strength you know because a lot of times you know i'd be feeling like i was punching things because my (laughs) arms were up too high but you know it was just interesting getting 
certain perspectives from a, a gender that I certainly identified with. Now, not to say that, you know, men did not talk about these things, but they talked about them differently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when, uh, when I talk about the, how fun it is for Diane and I to work on our, our, uh, conducting, uh, 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 program. One of the things that's so fun is to be able to have different people come in, uh, of course, all sorts of different genders and all sorts of different body types and um, all different sizes, you know, tall, short, um, very petite and a little larger. And, you know, it's fun to be able to watch someone and help them develop comfort in whatever their body is presenting. And, and one of the things that I think Diane and I do very well is we, we look at different people and we help them address certain things in finding where that comfort is and how to express that comfort through the baton. So I enjoyed very much getting to know you because, I mean, we live in the same town where we never met before. So I'm really glad that we're connected now. And uh, I really enjoyed learning about your, your work and I wish you the best of luck. And hopefully we'll get to meet and maybe collaborate in the future. Who knows? But for now, thank you so much, uh, Anna. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. It would be great. And I am a big believer in collaboration. So that would of be course. awesome. The Seattle Collaborative <laughs> Orchestra. How cannot that be collaborative? <laughs> yeah, really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to you. I hope you have enjoyed meeting my guest, the Seattle-based conductor, Anna Edwards, and enjoyed knowing more about her work and listening to some tracks conducted by her with the Seattle Collaborative Orchestra. For now, I leave you with one final piece, an excerpt from the final movement of Tchaikovsky's Symphony No. 5, performed here by the Seattle Collaborative Orchestra under the direction of our guest, Anna Edwards. And with this, I look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of Dress Rehearsal here on KBFG Seattle.
You're listening to KBFG 107.3 FM and this is Lorenzo Morasso. Dress Rehearsal is a weekly classical music show that brings you exciting live interviews with classical composers and performers. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. here on KBFG Seattle. You are listening to KBFGLP 107.3 FM in Seattle.